allowed to take questions as soon as he's done. Go ahead, Coach. Um, yeah, just, uh, you know, kind of finishing up the week here. Um, you know, the players will be off tomorrow. Uh, just trying to continue to put things together from a team standpoint uh, so that we'll, uh, you know, be ready to, you know, to play a, a game. We would have, this would have been our third preseason game last night. Uh, so, you know, generally that's the point where things are starting to, uh, you know, starting to come together a little bit, you know, from a, uh, operational standpoint and um, so we we hit some of that yesterday we'll hit some more of it today and um, early in the next week um, you know before we start uh, turn into uh, more of the regular season preparation so um, definitely making progress and, and moving ahead um, I think we can all kind of see the um, you know how quickly this is all gonna uh, pull together here um, in the next call it 10 days or so when we'll be in full regular season preparation mode. So uh, we've got a lot of work to do, but players have really worked hard and um, you know, have had a great attitude. We haven't had a great tempo yesterday on the field, and um, we learned a lot from that, and you know, we'll just continue to build on it. So. Uh, first question, Ben Volan, followed by Jonathan Jones. Good morning, Bill. Hey, Ben. Uh, my question today is about uh, fans. There probably won't be too many fans in the stands this year. Just curious, how does that affect uh, preparation and just game day for you guys as well? Uh, well, I think the biggest effect will be the crowd noise situation. Um, we've experimented with some of that, working through that. So um, not sure exactly how that'll go. And it may be different uh, when we go on the road, depending on how other teams handle it in their stadiums. Uh, so I think we'll just have to see. We've, in the past, you know, handled everything. Um, we've played when it's quiet at home. We've played when it's loud on the road and vice versa, depending on what side of the ball we're on. So uh, I think we're, we're ready if it's somewhere in between, which is probably what it'll be, uh, then we'll uh, just, you know, adjust to that. I mean, we can only control what we can control. So really it's the, the crowd noise. And, and then I would say, you know, just if there isn't much energy in the stadium, then um, which we're not expecting, then obviously it's up to us to, you know, not count on the fans to give us that, that energy boost, which we don't have on the road anyway. But, you know, now we'd have to, you know, obviously bring our own, our own energy at home. What about the fact that I think two of your opponents are scheduled to have some fans, but most other games won't be? How do you feel about the competitive aspect of some games will have fans and some won't? Yeah, all that's out of our control. I mean, it's all governed by you know local uh, laws and ordinances and so forth. So that's nothing we can do about that. Next question, Jonathan Jones, followed by Mike Reese. Morning, Bill. Uh, a, a few of your players over the past couple of months have spoken about how you've opened the floor to discussions within the team on issues of race and inequality. A few months ago, about Devin McCourty, you said you looked forward to increasing your role in that process. What for you has that looked like? What have you learned in your time listening to black players? And what sort of actions or discussions have you and the team undertaken these last couple of days with the news around the Jacob Blake shooting? Yeah, well, I'll keep the things that happened within the team, um, you know, privately within the team. That was the, uh, you know, the, that's kind of the, the forum that we had. So um, I'll maintain the integrity of that. But I've certainly learned a lot, continue to learn a lot. And, um, you know, we have an incredible group of players. Um, I'm so proud of this team and the players we have on it. They're, um, 
the way that they're involved in, in uh, each other's lives uh, as teammates, the way that they um, raise their families and, and are involved in the community on a number of different levels. So, um, you know, we've always prided ourselves in, in doing things right and, and not only being a good football team, but being a pillar in the community that continues to be our um, our goal and our expectation, and, and I'm so proud of what our players do on all those levels. Our next question, Mike Lees, followed by Mark Daniels. Hey, Bill. Um, when we've discussed specialists over the years, like when you guys maybe have a younger punter and a veteran punter in there, I think consistency is a word that I've heard a lot from coaches just on how you you would determine whether to transition to a lesser proven specialist. Sort of with that in mind, I was curious about the kickers. Like with Rohrwasser, is there just not enough time to have a body of work for you guys to feel like comfortable turning it over to him just based on the dynamics of what we're dealing with here? Yeah, well, Mike, uh, you know, as you know, this is not an uncommon situation um, for rookies. Uh, you know, there, there are, we can both remember countless examples of guys that come to training camp as rookies and, um, you know, have an injury and, you know, they're not able to play in preseason or they're only able to play in the last preseason game or something like that. And, and uh, you know, in those situations, you, you know, you have to make a decision just like we will this year. We'll have to make decisions. So uh, this year, some of the, the playing or, uh, personnel rules are a little bit different. Uh, so we'll take those into consideration. But, I mean, ultimately, we'll... We'll have to make decisions and do what we feel like is best for the football team. And so that's what we'll do. Next question, Mark. <clears throat> Sorry, Mark Daniels, followed by Phil Perry. Hey, Bill. Um, on Nikhil Harry, I mean, obviously Nikhil got up to a bit of a slow start last year due to not being on the field for a portion of his, his first year. How has he done this year, uh, you know, with you know the, the offseason you guys have had? And what type of development and growth have you been able to see from Nikhil, you know, heading into year two? Well, as I've said a couple of times, uh, you know, this summer, I think our players in the second year have all made a, a significant um, jump and um, growth in their um, knowledge, both of our system and what what they see on the other side from other teams in the league and our opponents and just, you know, the general maturity into professional football. So um, they all fall into that category and, and that's certainly the case for Nikhil as well. Uh, he's uh, much more comfortable, has a much better understanding this year uh, than what he, what he did last year. Uh, he's been productive for us on the field. Um, he still has a lot of football in front of him and a lot of growth. And, you know, he works hard every day. He's a, you know, he's a physical, tough kid that uh, likes to compete. Uh, you can see his competitiveness out there on the field, and, and that allows him to, to get better. Um, and with his work ethic and, and toughness and competitiveness, like those are all you know, good qualities for players to improve. And, and that's really where all players are in their second year is they're not, they're not where they're going to be. Um, they're on the way up. And if they work hard and, and continue to um, work on the skills and, and the techniques of their craft, then you know, they'll be able to you know, get closer to achieve their potential. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. That looks like the last question will be Phil Perry. Go ahead, Phil. Hey Bill, I just wanted to uh, to ask you about Jared. He he mentioned yesterday that he was feeling pretty good, and it looked like he maybe got a little bit more work yesterday. 
How important is it to you to get him as much work as possible now, um, not just for this year, but to evaluate him for the long term, especially with there maybe being, you know, at that position, just looking at some of the contracts and things like that, some some uncertainty there um, at what's obviously an important position. Right. Well, um, yeah, of course, Phil, every, every position is important and every player is important and every evaluation is important. So we want to do the best we can to, to get all of them right um, at every spot. So like, that's what we'll try to do. Well, we have a certain uh, amount of time and a certain amount of uh, reps and practices uh, that we can you know, allocate to evaluating the players and also getting our team ready uh, for the opener and getting our team ready for the 16 game regular season schedule. So it's really a combination trying to balance all those things. Um, whatever we do is going to impact some other area. We try to do the best we can to balance it and and try to get enough uh, information so that we feel like we can make the, the right decision. And um, that doesn't always come in equal installments. That could be uh, quite different depending on uh, the players, the position, uh, or the situation, or the development of the team. Uh, we might be further ahead in one area than another and so forth. So in the end, we just have to try to, to figure out how to balance that out, how to compensate, and, and get to the best place we can be competitively, uh, not only for the opener, but uh, to put ourselves in position to keep compete for 16 weeks in the regular season. So that's what we're trying to do. And it's, um, again, it, it's a balancing act. There, there's It's not... There are choices we have to make, and we'll try to make the ones that we feel will, you know, in the end, most benefit the team uh, and will give us the best opportunity to make the, the best evaluations we can make. Sorry, one final question, Ben Volan. Go ahead, Ben. Hey, Bill, you did an interview the other day, I think it was with Rich Eisen, um, where you said you'd like to see a little more consistency in the rules between the NFL and college football. And one of the things you brought up was the pass interference rule, and it sounded like you're more in favor of the college pass interference rule. And I'm just curious why that why that is. Well, I was asked a, a very general question, and I, I do think that the more that those rules can be consistent. I mean, right now there are over 60 differences between the college and, and professional playing rules. And... Um, you know, I think that's somewhat confusing for fans. I mean, in all honesty, the rule book is uh, is difficult for uh, coaches and players uh, at whatever level they play in, just because the volume of um, rules and and not only just rules, but sometimes examples or um, what they call like case you know case uh, studies or um, so. It, it really, you know, it can get kind of complex, uh, as, as you know from covering it. Sometimes you just got to go and really, you know, read the fine print in there. So I think the more that we can make it consistent for players and coaches uh, and, in all leagues and, and the fans as well, that's a good thing. Um, you know, the one thing about the colleges is that they have uh, players at a younger age than we do, and so they can train them in uh, certain areas. And so if they're being trained in those areas and then for us to – you know, change the training, um, you know, things like defenseless players and personal fouls and, you know, rules like that, roughing the passer and all that, the more there's consistency, uh, the more that flows for the training of the player. And when you go from one thing in college to the same situation, but now it's officiated differently at our level, then that can be somewhat challenging and confusing. Uh, for players until they get adjusted to it and adapt to it, which eventually they will. But, you know, I just think the process could be um, 
or I would like to see the process smoothed out a little bit. I understand that they're two separate bodies and, you know, that it is what it is, but um, if I could, if I could uh, think the question was, you know, if I could have a change, what would it be? That would be kind of along the lines that I would be thinking, so. All right, so you thank you. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, well, the pass interference rule, you know, I think it's a big penalty for pass interference, um, but, you know, whatever it is, it is. I mean, it's the same for every team, and but I do think that if it was the same in college and professional football, that would be a lot easier on the fans, um, especially, you know, like the hardcore fans. Yeah, but, I mean, there are millions of fans that watch TV that, you know, that watch pro football and college football that don't, you know, know every single rule in the rule book, and I think sometimes it's, you know, would make it a little smoother flow for them. So, okay. Thanks, Thank you. Coach. I appreciate it.